here we go. This is exciting. I feel like I'm on TV right now. This is your guy. We've been begging for years and years. I get excited. What do you look, I yeah, get you're excited. Like a dog, you're like a dog leg. taking a piss with his leg up. I have I have the point that I'm about to make. Okay. I have, it's like, I'm glad something else isn't sticking up because oh, you're excited. Wow. I think fantasy football nerds and like people obsessed with fantasy football have actually ruined fantasy football now. This is what makes football fun. Like this, these are these big moves, these big storylines. This is what we all eat up. And you're, no. gonna, you're gonna say you're sorry when you, you did not up on your phone. Me. Here we go, episode 125 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. That is John Michael Masiri. We are back in person, although I think the last episode was in person. But either way, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Back. We're back. JM's over his deathly flu. Yeah. And uh, we're here to talk a lot, everything, baseball, football, basketball, everything's mm-hmm. in swing. And we really, I mean, JM said it about 20 minutes ago. We did, you know, get lucky, I think, with our week off last week because there was nothing to we talk did. about. We did. There was really not a lot to talk about. Football, obviously, has been over for a couple weeks now. Baseball, we were just talking a little pitch, pitchers and catchers. And we were coming off of that awful NBA All-Star weekend. Uh, so, yeah, there wasn't really much to discuss. It wouldn't have been a very fun episode. It would have been a lot of... Um, a lot of gloomy NBA news. Yeah, it would have been a lot of us trying to create rumors and talk about different things and yeah. just spice things yeah. up when there was nothing to be spiced. So, so we're here now. Uh, before we start, we're going to start with baseball today and Cody Bellinger, who finally signed. Uh, make sure you're liking and subscribing on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them. And uh, follow us on social media. Yep. Keep up uh, the support. And we put something out on social media, which we're going to do today with um, people sending us videos, people sending us um, questions. So mm-hmm. uh, we definitely want the fan engagement on our episodes. And we're going to have, you know, we'll try and have you on, you know, for so send those our way. We'll put more of that on social media. JM, how are you? I'm doing good. Um as you mentioned, did have the flu. Yeah. Um, you know, not asking for a purple heart or anything. It was tough, but we, we got through it. Got through. And uh, doing good, man. Doing good. Shout out Modern Medicine helping me out. Definitely. Yeah. Tamiflu does wonders. There we go. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know who's not doing Cody Bellinger wonders? Who's that, Mike? That's Scott Boris. Yeah. Because Scott Boris yeah. has a lot of empty promises to, I think, a lot of his mm-hmm. clients. And I think uh, Cody Bellinger learned that the hard way. He signs a three-year, $80 million contract, $30 million for the first two years and 20 in that last but he has opt-outs throughout so it's probably a one-year deal depending on what he does it's a glorified one-year deal jm it's just you have that kind of season and we kind of spoke about this with blake snell that you you have such a good season the year prior how are you settling for like you mentioned a glorified one-year contract these owners man they just don't want to spend but are they wrong I mean, they're not wrong in a sense where Bellinger's had a weird career path. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. You know, the guy's been up and down. He's been at the top of the game as the MVP, and he's had OPSs that are as low as in the 500s before. I mean, he has literally hit rock bottom. So he comes off the great year last year, but I think what hurt Cody Bellinger, to be honest with you, you you, you couldn't do much more than what he did. But if Cody Bellinger had more of a power season, like he had all those in his MVP year and his rookie of the year, that would have shown teams to say like, okay, this is Cody Bellinger is back. Since it was a good season, but a bit of a different version of Cody Bellinger where you saw more contact, right? Less fly ball hitter, a little bit more hitting it on the ground, line drive. Some teams that scares them because, you know, they they, they don't see um, a, a consistency in that in years prior it's a brand new Cody Bellinger so I think that ended up hurting him you know he's had and we spoke about this and we'll speak about this with Blake Snell I mean Jamie's been inconsistent his entire career I mean you know 17 obviously he's the rookie of the year he burst onto the scene then his second year he was okay I mean re- good mm-hmm. played every single game only hit 25 home runs yeah. then he wins MVP and then the, the pandemic and COVID, he was okay in that season. And then we know what happened the next two yeah. seasons. But last year, he was really freaking good. Mm-hmm. But these owners, they're a little, you know, worried about giving him a big-time contract. He settles for this. I mean, it's a lot of money. Well, listen, it, 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 it's a lot of money. The guy's, the guy's not, uh, not exactly poor. <laughs> but if there's one thing that we know about baseball, right, it's that the owners have more power in this sport than they have in any other sport. The commissioner, Bud Selig, who, actually, I'm sorry, who was the commissioner before Bud Selig? I just kind of put you on the spot. From like 89 to 92, 
There was another commissioner. I don't remember the guy's name, but anyways. I'll look it up. That commissioner was watching a documentary, and he said that the owners literally told him while he was trying to do some flex his commissioner powers, said, your job is to make us money, and that is it. And that is true in baseball. Rob Manfred, as much as we love to make him the center of scandals and say, what a bad commissioner, and we need to get this guy out. It turns out Rob Manfred doesn't have as much power as we think because the league is run by all 30 owners. So when these owners all get collectively on the same page about a free agent or about whatever it is, that holds a lot of power. And a guy like Cody Bellinger, I think, had a lot of owners against him that didn't want to give him the money. You know... I did. I, I didn't know when I was gonna save this rant for, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give this rant right now. Okay, I have a serious and you know what you're you're we're in the same camp here. Okay, yeah. with this rant that I'm about to go on, and I haven't said anything to you about this off air. The Steve Cohen tax is so mind-numbingly stupid. It it actually gives me anger. Okay, because we're talking about owners that will never even think about spending the kind of money that, you know, Cohen was and, you know, the Yankees are this season and the Dodgers and, you know, even the Phillies at times, whoever's spending a ton of money. These cheap ass owners who had to have the Steve Cohen tax in there so he could they could stop big time market teams from spending money or spending too much money when these owners even aren't even going after, not even talking to some of these high market players, the players at the top of the market. They're not even discussing contracts with them. But, you know, oh, if, the, if the Yankees sign Blake Snell, it's $80 million for, you know, the one-year contract or whatever. Oh, can't have that. Yeah. But are the A's, are the Pirates going after no. Blake Snell? No. no so you're, just, you're just hurting the game. They're just hurting the game no. with this freaking tax man. yeah it's 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 ridiculous the the cheapness of the owners of baseball i mean we remember the mariners owner celebrating charging expensive parking yep. and being such a cheap ass and you know squeezing every last dollar that he could get i mean the pittsburgh pirates i remember when they signed chapman we were joking we were like press what conference. the hell is that they had a press conference yeah, they had a press conference because they gave the guy like 12 million dollars and that's like what the hell are the pirates doing 12 million dollars brian reynolds signed an extension with them for like 105 million dollars the largest contract Contract that teams ever given out in their entire history. I give the Kansas City Royals credit for giving Bobby Witt that 200 million plus extension because that's actually showing like, wow, look at that—a small market team with a generational homegrown player who is years away from hitting the free agent market, and they give him a big boy contract. That's a great message to send to the rest of the organization. And they and spend some money. And that's yeah, and that's a message honestly to send to the rest of the MLB to say, hey, listen. Small market teams, we know you're using this stupid BS excuse that, oh, we don't play in a big market. We can't afford these players. Yes, you can afford these players. I don't care what type of ownership group you have. with Between the revenue sharing mm-hmm. and the TV deals and everything, you can afford to, with a team that has a $40 million payroll, if you wanted to go sign a top-tier free agent and give them $30 million a year, you could afford it. There is no team in the MLB right now that couldn't afford a $70 million payroll. I, if it's, you, it's ridiculous. Listen, if, if you cannot afford, like you just mentioned, the, the bare minimum of spending money or even just trying to compete and win, because, I mean, some of these teams... They're not even trying no. to win. I mean, they're actively trying to lose. Mm-hmm. If you cannot field a team that's competitive enough to win because you are, you know, selling or bottoming out, whatever you're doing, sell the team, please. Yeah. I mean, just sell the team. Yeah. There are so many billionaires in this world that will take this major league team and make it fun, whether they're a mm-hmm. fan of the team or not. It's something that they will do as a hobby. Yep. So it's just it's a pain in the ass. And all, but you know what, Jam? I also see the other side of it, okay? And it's kind of a it's a big picture problem with baseball. Yeah. The Arizona Diamondbacks went to the World Series. Mm-hmm. They spent too much money. Even just go back to last season, they bottomed out. Yeah. Had a ton of high uh prospects. Mm-hmm. They bottomed out. That that's the comparison to some of these owners though. They're like, "Well, we don't have to spend a ton of money." Right. And that's why I think upsets lately yeah, have been bad but for that's baseball. What, but that's what some of these organizations, like the Arizona Diamondbacks have done a good job recently of developing these players and having a good farm system. Um, the Oakland Athletics are a team that, I mean, who have they brought up in recent years that has turned out to be great players? Now, you can go back to the, the Matt Chapmans and the Matt Olsons and those guys. But recently, I mean... 
who do they have in their farm system that they've brought up and that have turned into these great players? Who, a, a Brent Rooker? He, he didn't even spend the majority of his minor league career in their organization anyway. So it, it's, it, yes, sure, that is, there's many different avenues you can win, right? We see it, we talk about the Phillies, we talk about the Rangers, like, wow, look what they've done. They've spent a lot of money, but the Rangers also have a lot of homegrown guys and the yeah. Rangers have made some smart trades, right? There's no exact formula. The Phillies so, are the better so, example. Yes, the Phillies are the, but because the Phillies they, are the outlier. Not a, That's not a smart, we agree that that's not a smart way to build a baseball No, exactly, team. because they've done it the wrong way. Right, they haven't it, developed guys, they've bought their I, team. I, I honestly think the best way to do it is a, like a Texas Rangers model where you have some homegrown talent, you also have gone out and got some of the premier free agents in the league you've made some decent well, that's trades. what these teams want it's to do every different avenue it's not just oh let's have a 30 40 million dollar payroll as cheap as we can do and try to squeeze every little ounce of talent we have and play money ball here i mean the movie's great to do it in real life over and over again it's it, it's it's not right especially with the revenue sharing but right but the teams and like go back and we i don't know how many times we've referenced this on this show but go back to the yankees in the 90s you know they had their homegrown talent, and then they went and spent big on right. free agents to go around their talent that they developed. Right. That's what te- that's what the Braves have done for the most part through trades. Right. I think the Dodgers have done this. You know whether they've developed their own guys or used their own prospects and then go trade for stars right. and then sign stars around them. Listen, it's a pretty simple formula. Just look at the teams that over the course of history. Especially, let's let's take the last twenty five years. The teams who have competed the least frequently are going to be those small market teams that don't spend a lot of money. And the majority of the teams that are competing year in and year out are those big market teams, like the Boston Red Sox, like the New York Yankees, like the Los Angeles Dodgers. That have all these teams have the money, but the teams that where most of the money is coming from. Those are the teams spending it. But like we said, revenue sharing. If you go on Fanatics right now and order, uh, it's not cheap, by the way, and these jerseys suck. That's a whole different topic that we can talk about. These Fanatics jerseys look awful. I mean, they're going to have to put a sensor over the guy's crotches when they're on the field. (laughs) It's ridiculous. They also, they're having a shortage. Um, They don't have enough. Yeah, yeah, of course not. Um, But you go buy a, um, I don't know, a Francisco Lindor jersey, right? There we go. The New York Mets are not getting 100% of that money. Right. All the jersey revenue gets split amongst 30 teams. So you can, the Yankees can sell 3 million Aaron Judge jerseys this year, and the A's can sell 5,000 Brent Rooker jerseys, and What's the, the, the money's going to get split. The money's going to get split evenly. I need, I need a count of exactly how many jerseys the A's sell of Brent, <laughs> of, or whatever, yeah, not, all of their players. <laughs> I need to see that. Yeah. That is something that. May not be the nicest thing to do, but yeah. like meme worthy. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Let's Come see on. the let's see the bucks. Let's yes, let's see. Let's... You know, the, oh, the most bought jersey in this sport. No, <laughs> the entertainment is whose jersey was actually bought but bought the least. Right, you can't have a bunch of zeros. Like, <laughs> right. Right. I want you know the Jake Dykeman jersey, <laughs> yeah. Dykeman. Like the the fifty people that buy that, you getting at a, City Field. a Shin, Shintoro Fujinami jersey or whatever yeah, his name is. No, don't do not yeah. joke about that. There's yeah. a chance we might yeah. have to get that jersey. <laughs> uh, no, DJ Stewart will be the purchase this year, but that would be entertainment. Yeah, That's would. entertainment. I, like that. I don't, I, like I don't, that I don't care how many people bought Otani jerseys yeah, or Soto jerseys. I know it's going to be high. Yeah. I know it's going to be yeah, like me, the guy who's got a Randall Gritchick jersey sitting in his closet exactly. right now. That's, That's what, what I want to know. That's what I want. We gotta, we gotta talk to somebody about that. Show me. MLB highest selling jerseys range 226 to 245. I would love to see that list. Exactly. Come on. This is entertainment. <laughs> but I don't even know where we were. Look, oh, honestly, all the money gets shared and pooled. Yeah, it's, you know, it's BS. You know what I want to just talk about? Because, you know, we've, we've made it known. Okay, why are these owners not paying up? So, obviously, Blake Snell's out there. Um, the rumors are with the Yankees and the Angels, you know, they they, they make sense. I don't know if there's going to be a dark horse team Wait, that's, can I, that swoops in here. but Can I say this? I don't think Blake Snell's a good example. <laughs> Matt I Chapman, do, I think, is a great example. I do think there are serious flaws that I think any smart and contending organization would see with Blake Snell and then refuse to give him yeah. a long-term contract. Okay. What about Matt Chapman, a guy who has been pretty consistent – as a solid bat in his MLB career, he's been an above-average offensive third baseman. He's been 
besides Nolan Arenado, the best defensive third baseman in the MLB over the last five years. Yeah, I mean, from what I've read about him, like he's got a little bit of a hip issue. I'm pretty sure that's the issue he's dealt with the past few years. And I mean, the bat has steadily declined since his days in Oakland. So, I, listen, I, I don't think Chapman's a bad player. I know how great he is def- uh, defensively, but he's a five hitter, right? Six hitter. You know, you know who makes just a, a lot of sense to me with him. I mean, you have teams out there like obviously the the Blue Jays could bring him back. The Blue Jays third baseman right now is supposed to be IKF. Well, that's what that's. I, I mean, like, like, seriously, that's huge. And you got the. I mean, look at that lineup. It's it's already fat enough. Maybe you wanna IKF's not fat. But maybe you want to add a little athleticism here with no, Matt they, Chapman. It makes sense. Whoa, I think it looks that's like a, it looks like a Burger King catalog. Here we go. Think about it. I, I know. I Kirk, know it's bad. I know. Alejandro it's bad. Kirk. Yeah. Vogel back. Alec Manoa. See what Vlad. See what sucks is though we're throwing <laughs> we're throwing Kirk and Vlad in here with you know, they're good professional hitters. Okay, Vlad's a star. Yes. And we're throwing him in here with the Vogelbacks of the world and Manoa, who can't <laughs> pitch yeah. to save his life now. I mean, he's done. Yeah. I mean, his career is over. Yeah. I mean, Alec Manoa's career is over. Yeah, it basically it's is. It's done. Yeah. And I know you love it. I, I know you love it. I, and I would, too, if I was in your shoes. Right. But he's done. I mean. You sure that, you sure they don't want to, like, recruit, like, Big Poppy to come out of retirement? or Who else do they have? They signed Eduardo Escobar. That's big. That's big. That's huge. Big club. Funny. Funny guy he's, in the clubhouse. He's a great clubhouse yeah. guy. I'd actually just bring him back. Thank God. To, see, see, do you see the way MLB free agency works? Oh, Matt Chapman, you're a former Gold Glove, Platinum Glove, whatever the hell you are. You're a pretty good hitter, athletic guy. No, we don't want to give you a contract. Eduardo Escobar, you're funny, bro. Sign the dotted line, need please. You. Yeah. We need yeah. The dollars are obviously different, but it's no, hysterical. But, but back to Chapman, the team that makes a lot of sense to me, me guess. is there go. the Giants. No. Oh, I I think the Blue Jays make the most sense. Okay. We said that already. Yeah. All right, who is it? Chicago, the Cubs. I think right. the, yeah, the Cubs the make team. a ton of sense to me. You automatically have the best defensive infield in baseball. I don't care who's playing first base or and if you want to throw catcher in there as counting as defensive. But, but of having Matt Chapman, Dansby Swanson, and Nico Horner, yeah. that is – Elite. It's like, elite. you don't have to worry about your infield defense there. They already do. I mean, the, that's a great double. That's the best double play duo in the MLB right now with mm-hmm. Chapman, uh, Swanson and Horner. But he makes sense to me to go to Chicago. And they're a team that they got criticized a lot last offseason for not spending enough money. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me this offseason. And they were very quiet in the beginning of the offseason. They did nothing. I mean, not nothing, but I mean, they I'm signed Amanja. I, I correct myself. This offseason, they've yeah. been criticized a lot for not spending. Yeah. Last offseason, they got Bellinger. They got Tyone. They spent the money. Right. But this offseason, besides, uh, Aman- besides Amana. Amana, that's really it. And, and they're coming off a season where... They were had a ninety two percent chance to make the playoffs on September first, and they had an, a collapse in September. I forgot about this. Yeah, they yeah. came crashing down. Forgot about this. Yep. But they had the last two series against the Braves and the Dodgers, and they just got steamrolled. And that was so, it. let me ask you this: Right now, do you think they're the number, do you think they're the favorite in the Central today? I still Chapman. I still like St. Louis. I'm, I I know, you know, Milwaukee lost Corbin Burns. I'm not loving. I never, for some reason, going into each season the past couple of years, I just haven't been big on the Brewers. I know yeah. some people like to get big on them. I'm not a big Brewers well, guy. No, I'm not. I'm um, not this year. I've seen a lot of people starting to pick the Reds. The Reds, to me, are reminding me, are giving me, like, Blue Jays vibes from a couple years ago where everybody just wants to pick them because they're the hot, exciting, young team. I don't think they're ready to take this division yet. It's a, it's not a good division, but still. It's, I don't, no, these central divisions need to be examined. Awful. awful. They need to be examined. Awful. You, you, could, you could honestly pick, besides the White Sox and the Pirates, you can pick any team to win each division, and, like, I'm not going to give you, like, a ton of crap. MLB Network did a um, – they posted – like a bunch of rotations. They pick they picked a division and they yeah. picked the AL Central. Yeah. And like who's got the best rotation? And they put the five or six guys that are gonna like have a chance to start for these teams yeah. in the AL Central. And I swear to God, I read the list and started laughing hysterically. <laughs> I and listen, my team's rotation isn't anything special. Right. Okay. Right. And we'll t- we'll get to that, you know, as as we get closer to the baseball actually starting. Right. But I laughed. I actually yeah. laughed yeah. out loud. And I, which one's worse? Which division is worse, talent-wise? I think it's probably the AL Central, but 
I don't Probably. know because I'm closer to I know more about the NL Central than I do the I, AL I, Central. And I'm, I'm I think the bottom half you know the AL better. The Royals, I think, are I think the bottom two in the AL Central are worse than the bottom two in well, the NL. I don't NL think the Central. Royals are gonna be that bad. I see I don't either. And I don't think the Tigers are gonna be that bad. They're not. But one of these teams is gonna probably like one of the Tigers. we're not even I think the White Sox are gonna suck. But they lose hundred games. One of the Royals, White Sox, Tigers, or, or Twins are gonna have like a season collapse, like probably lose like ninety games. I think it's probably Cleveland then. Because I I don't mind the I mean the Twins they've lost a couple of guys they haven't spent I still say they're gonna win the division by yeah. default they have the best pitcher I think in Cle- the Cleveland's pitching depth is what what are we doing right now we're like spiraling right we're talking, well, we're talking about, about the, like the freaking yeah. Guardians we're and talking Jesus. about the we're AL Central. I feel like we're doing our MLB preview show right now um but you know you know what Jam any of these teams could use Blake Snell and guess what yeah they're not gonna sign yep. him they're not nope. gonna sign no, Blake they're not. Snell. No, they're not. That's the problem yeah. with the owners, and that's been really the theme thus far. Is the where, only where thing at. that one of those teams will do is maybe sign a Matt Chapman or a, a, a somebody that wants a one-year deal, so they can flip them at the deadline and get their prospects and be cheap as ever. Bad idea. Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah. No, I think Chapman goes back to. You're 100 percent right. The other fit I mentioned, I guess the Giants. Th- those are the three teams that like. If you told me he went anywhere else than the Blue Jays, Giants, or Cubs, I'd be like, right. No. Right. How about Monty? I I read an article today in the New York Post about uh, – it was Joel Sherman, and he was trying to give reasons as to why the Mets should sign um, Jordan Montgomery. And I actually – and I wasn't there. I was like, no, I understand the Mets' plan. I understand I want to spend money. I would give Jordan Montgomery more years than I would Blake Snell in a heartbeat. I trust Montgomery for – Four to five years, oh, more so than I that, trust Blake. To no. me, does not make any sense. How? Because, like, I I feel like I should be asking you how, but why would you give him more years when Snell has been a he he has better overall stuff that I feel like could last you longer in your career. Um, he's got a better track record. Montgomery's coming off of a career year where he threw a lot of innings, yeah. right? He's coming off. He's never thrown that many innings before. He had injury history early in his career with the Yankees. Like he's never been like a, ver- a super stretched out pitcher to throw that many innings on that arm last year. I, I, I'm not sure why you're saying that. Well, the one thing about Snell is, and I just want to get the number correct. I'm pretty sure it's, I didn't look yet. It's 128 innings. What? Ready? Yes. He hasn't pitched more than 128 innings in any year in which he hasn't won the Cy Young Award. And he's pitched 180 in both of those years. Right. So Snell has a major durability problem, whether it's Mm -hmm. injuries or whether it's walking too many guys or just being bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I mean, you know, 429 after the first Cy Young. He had a 42 ERA in 2021. I mean, this guy just. Has not mm-hmm. been consistent. Mm-hmm. He's had some bad seasons. Uh, but okay. But what are you suggesting you would give a Jordan Montgomery? Though? So again, and I think I, I should preface this: I wouldn't give Jordan Montgomery more annually than I would Snell. Right. Like I'm not giving him a to- like if if you told me all right, somebody gave Blake Snell five years, one fifty. Like I'm not giving Montgomery five yeah. years, one fifty. So like, I would 22, give him like twenty two, twenty five. Yeah, like, I'd like, give him like how... five years, like one whatever. Five? Would you give him five years, one hundred and twenty five million? I would go five years, one twenty with him. Okay. I go five. Th- that would be my offer. Now. Okay. And I and I'm a little uncomfortable going to five. Right. But I'd say five years, one twenty is what I would offer. Okay. And I think that's a fair. That's a deal. little under twenty five million per year. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's what I would do with him. Right. 188 innings last year. Um, in 2022, would he throw 178? Yeah, I mean, he had a you know a little bit of a durability issue with the Yankees after his rookie season. Right. Um, I like him. I, I you know I went back Ooh, and I looked at, at the his... Mets. To me, don't make any sense though. To, to um, with their timeline and what they're trying to do right now oh, with yeah, this whole so... retool year and everything, I don't see Jordan Montgomery lining right, up. So let me. They're, so, they're trying to do. And I I understand that point. But go look at the pitchers they have under contract going into next season. I think the Mets should be. I think when the Mets made all those trades last year, I think they kind of messed up by not getting a, a high level pitching prospect. And they've had that issue where they haven't brought up a good pitcher in a little no, bit. No, they haven't. And I think the counter to that is when you're kind of you're trying to get best available for what they're offering, right? And yeah. Like, whatever you're giving know, up, you're yeah, trying to get your best available. It's not build-a-bear. You're not just going to pick and choose exactly what you want. Well, that and, 
you know the pit, you know the organizations that they're dealing with might not have had right. big time pitching prospects. Right. But also, how about the just the organization in general not being able to bring up a pitcher? No, it's I mean, been bad. The, the closest one I can remember that they've brought up was was Peterson, and you know he didn't turn in uh, anything. It's, no, it's been a serious. And he's a first round pick for them. It's a serious problem they've had. They have like four or five guys right now that are kind of you know that are coming up. Right. And I just read an article where the Mets are high on a couple of guys. And the rest of the league, their scouts look at them and they're like, these guys are back-end guys, if that. Yeah. So they have not done a good job the past few years with their pitching prospects whatsoever. So that's a that's another reason yeah. why I think they have to try and sign Montgomery so they have people to start. Right. Whoa, almost lost a computer Almost lost there. a computer. Nice. Good save, yeah. Michael. But that's kind of where I'm at with that. So right. I think not having guys under contract for next season you have Montgomery he's a high end 3 if cuz i think they're going to sign an ace next year in free agency I, I think just stay put it's not like jordan montgomery is not a guy where i feel like you're going to you're going to look back and be like oh man we really should have signed jordan montgomery do no, i but think I don't do think i think his floor is a a high end two i mean his, his ceiling is a high end two starter yeah i don't really see him becoming a Cy young candidate i don't think i you don't need him to be though but why make that that long financial commitment right now when you're in a year where you're not really trying to compete for a World Series? It's a year where you're looking at it and say, hey, if we end up getting in a wild card, that's a successful right. season, right? So why make the move for Jordan Montgomery? I, I, don't, I don't think it's a this-season move. I think I, I view it as when you're trying to compete in 25 and 26 and 27, you have a number three, yeah, but possibly th- no. number four signing, starter as signing, he goes – no, that's a, that's a, you're getting his best years right now, right? The, the Jordan Montgomery, uh, based on history of the human body, is most likely in the prime of his career right now. Okay, so, so why would you give him a long-term deal in a year where his best years you're not expecting to be competing, and then by the time that you hopefully are competing, it's a guy that doesn't have a track record of being consistent year in and year out. We haven't seen him con- year after year throw this many innings. He's coming off, like I said, a, a year where he threw a ton of innings. They used him in the postseason, out of the bullpen, in the rotation, on short rest, everything. I don't think it's a smart idea to sign the guy to a long-term deal. I, so I just don't. My with, reasoning, with, with the outlook of your team. So the reasoning for this season is, like you mentioned, they hope, okay, maybe we find ourselves in a wild-card game this season, right? A wild-card series this year. He would improve your chances of doing that for this season. But I'm not signing him. That's a plus for this season, but I'm not signing him for that I'm signing him so I have a guy that I trust in this rotation for the next few years. And when you look at what how the pitching market has gone, by the time he's your four starter and he's making 20, what is that, four or $23 million a year, whatever contract I had mentioned just now, that's probably what the base is going to be for no, a starting. It's not. Listen, it's it's on it's on an uptick. Salaries year after year, they get higher they're and like higher. 15. We're not, we're, not, we're we're talking a couple years from now. We're not talking twenty years. I mean, twenty three million dollars for a four starter. Yeah. What are you building some a freaking super team? Some that's four stars insane. are making fifteen, sixteen million dollars no, a year. Mer- Mer- that's that's a bit of a stretch. That's a little. Some bit of them are stretch. making that much money a year. It's, it's well, those are overpaid four starters. You're not going out on the market, right? The Yankees gave Marcus Stroman under $25 million a year, and he's a high-end three-starter, they view him as. Well, that's a problem a four- if he's a three. That's a problem if Stroman's your three-starter. And he's not. They didn't bring him he here is to do the that. three. Right now, he's the three-starter. How is he the three-starter? It's Cortez. Derek Cole, Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt. How is it? How is... How the hell? Cortez coming off a... Of, Cortez coming off a of bad year. So Strowman, Strowman is had a bad in line. Strowman half. is Strowman is in line to be the number three starter. I mean, listen. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's just a guy that's pitching ahead of guys that we believe are better. But I, w- I think Cortez is the third best pitcher in this rotation. I, I think Schmidt might be better than Strowman at this point. Schmidt had a nice year last year. He's had a pretty solid career with the Yankees here, but I, I don't think he, I, I think you're being a little. I can't believe I'm defending Marcus Stroman right now. First of all, like this is it's not a I'm terrible sign. Myself Stroman's here, not a terrible. It's not signing. a terrible sign. It's not. I agree with that. He's he's had this has been Stroman's career, right? Blake Snell is practically just better Marcus Stroman. They've had a similar <laughs> career path where they've been up and down, up and down. Stroman's had some real up and downs, but. I mean, at one point, Marcus Stroman was in the NL Cy Young conversation last year. In the he first was half in of the in season. like June, July. All he right, was in yeah, the Cy Young all right, yeah. How many guys you know are in the conversation in June? Not a lot of guys. 
Brent Rooker was, you know, a big candidate at some point. As a number three, sure. For a World Series contending team, maybe it's not ideal. That definitely is not ideal. We're we're not talking about a a, a trash player here. You need Cortez to step up and be that three. You need Schmidt. You need Rodon. Rodon is the guy in the rotation that's the X factor. Yeah. 100%. Well, listen, we have a lot of time to debate Yankees and Mets and everything. We're yeah. very excited for baseball to start, and we'll have all that coming up right now, though. As I teased before, uh, we had a fan submission, a video submission. Uh, we're going to take a listen right now, but listen, guys, send us videos. DM us. Um, email us. Text us if you have our yeah. number, please. We want to do this more and more, so here yeah. is our first uh, video submission. What is up, Hardline Sports Talk? This is Dean from the Upper East Side. All I have to say is a Yankees lineup that has Soto, Judge, Pete Alonso in the 2-3-4 spot next year. It's going to be crazy. What do you guys think? Thank you very much, Dean. Um, yeah, wow, nice, Dean. I don't I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> I definitely don't like the sound of that. But, I mean, JM, that's your team. Yeah, so you yeah. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't like the sound of it either. Um, I, I, Alonso is a fantastic player. Um, you know, he would be a great cleanup hitter to have. I don't think it makes sense financially for the Yankees to 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 do it because you know first of all they're gonna have to get Soto and pay him record breaking money. Um, now obviously they'll be looking for a first baseman next year if they don't bring back Rizzo. Rizzo's gonna be coming off the books now, so um, I it, logistically it doesn't make a ton of sense to me because let's remember if you sign Soto, I'm gonna assume that the Yankees have plans of Soto being. Kind of like what Stanton was, where they'll play him in the outfield a little bit, but Juan Soto isn't exactly an above-average defensive outfielder, right? He's not known for his defense. So mm. I think they'll have a lot of plans for him to play some DH. They've got Jason Dominguez, who will be back full-time next year, barring any other injuries. Um, and they have this their number one prospect in Spencer Jones, who they seem to be in love with. So, you know, I imagine an outfield of Jones, Judge, and Dominguez – so I'm not sure. That's where I think if they got Soto, that's where he would fit in in that DH rotating in the outfield. Are they going to be then again now spending that money on Pete Alonso to be a full-time first baseman You're and not play any DH? $500 million yeah, on Juan Soto to be a <laughs> part-time outfielder? No way. No it's it's going to be like the Harper model. It'll be like the Bryce Harper model. All right, yeah, in a couple of years, hopefully. Merlo, he's a generate. It's just like Jordan Alvarez. They Alvarez ain't get. They Alvarez play him in five hundred million. They, Alvarez, Alvarez might get five hundred million when he hits the open market. Have you seen the way the guy plays baseball? Did he not he's sign incredible. an extension? Did he not sign one of those I extensions? Know. I don't know. He might have. That's why. But I said but that. but if if Jordan Alvarez hit the open market, he'd be knocking on the door. He's very young. He's incredibly talented. He, as a he's hitter. forgotten. He's you know what? Now I want Pete Alonso. Now I want Pete Alonso. Listen. You could have Mark Vientos, man, in first listen, base for the it, next 10 years. Let me just say this, okay? Dean's not completely off if you subtract a player from the Yankees and put him on the Mets, and then maybe right, the Yankees right, are looking for a little right, retribution right, or yeah, they need another right, bat they're right, feeling. Right, right, right. Then Pete Don't, Finch, sure. Yeah, right. Okay. But mm-hmm. no. I mean, Pete Alonso would judge and so that, that'll never happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it happening. But Dean... Love the question, bro. Yes. Um, like he said, would love for you guys to send these in. Um, you know, it, it's fun for our sake seeing who's going to send it in, and it helps us with a, a topic like that where we can maybe start arguing with each other. So, and if we have more time it. for baseball, we definitely would argue with that. More, yeah, but we do have to move on here because there's a lot still to do. We yeah. have uh, a little NFL we want to talk about. I'm very excited. I mean. You know, the NFL, we know how great they are, whether it's marketing or just, you know, making their events seem bigger than they are. And, I mean, they have a literal, like, the Combine's, like, almost like a Super Bowl event. I mean, they have every media personality at the Combine. All the teams are obviously there. Just, it's a spectacle. I mean, the the Combine, which is so mind-numbingly boring to watch. It's just guys out there running drills. Some people are like, oh, Combine week. I love Combine week. (laughs) Loser. You are a loser if you like to watch the NFL Combine, okay? Oh, come on. Get a life. Get a life, okay? Oh, man, get to all Combine week. Yeah. No. But Please. You know, the thing that's, uh, like, I used to, you know, I used to probably be one of those losers. I think I had a nice Combine week one time, but 
the thing is, like, the, the top guys don't even do it anymore. They get right. these guys waiting for the oh, wait for the pro day, waiting for the pro day. So the, my 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 biased coach in the stance could hit the freaking stopwatch five seconds early and show everybody my unofficial uh, forty time. It's, it's, it's crazy, but whatever. What are you What are you running? What do you think you're running uh, forty yard dash? I don't know. I used to run a nice forty yard dash. Or I my, I my, I don't myself. think I would come anywhere close to the force. Like no way. I would. No, I'd be like I would be in the mid. I'd be in the mid fives. I think. I'd probably be in the sixes. I've lost some speed. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a nice little speed. That bench. You're, you're definitely putting up a good bench number. Depends. I mean, I could put up two twenty two twenty five is the the number they use. Yeah. How many? Things? I'm in not your doing prime, what were you putting? I could do fifteen. I could do ten to fifteen. Okay, I think prime. you could. I think you could still do at least eight. Maybe at two twenty-five. Maybe. Yeah. I'm back in the gym, feeling yeah, good. Nice. So, but guys, just like naturally, just like a freaking bowl. We went to the gym once, and I hadn't gone in months. Yeah. And he was benching. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll bench. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, what doing, I say? Like, put- he's doing like less weight than me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, it's been a while. And I'm like, dude, I guarantee you could do 225 right now. And he was like, ah, oh, I don't know. And then I, you just I, started crushing it. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't know. Step me to the combine. You want me to do a combine? Yeah, I'll do a combine. Hardline combine. I saw this. Up. A couple of media companies did this. I'm like, this isn't, it's like watching fat people do it. Is it, <laughs> is it cool too? It's, it's boring there too. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's my issue with the combine. <laughs> but they have all these, every single NFL media, if you were important in NFL media, you were at the combine this week. Right. I couldn't believe it. Right. But, and they had good guests and like, you know, the GMs have spoken and whatnot. But I think the guy with the most, I don't, I don't want to say pressure and be a te- maybe pressure and attention on him is Ryan Poles. He has the decision now, which I think is an easy one, you know, yeah. leaning towards drafting Caleb Williams. It and- seems like it's going that way also from yes. what I've heard with the media and from what Fields is going on podcasts now and yeah. saying some things that are, yeah. He, His odds to go to Atlanta are minus yeah, 300. It looks like to be a Falcon. And they, they that makes sense. It does. Um, I mean, they should obviously make the move. Now, do you think they're going to get a first round pick? No, they're not. No. They're not going to get the. No. If it's the Falcons, it, they're eight? not going to get the eighth. Yeah, pick. they're not getting the eighth. Pick. But that also tells you a Atlanta either does not like the price to move up. If there's an opportunity to move up, they don't like the right. price to move up, and they don't like any of the guys outside of the top three. That's right. what this tells you. Now it's a short term fix. I mean, I'm sure I, I'm blanking on where Fields is in his contract, but right. maybe they he's pick up. going into his fourth season right now. And I did they pick up the they I, have to pick up the option now. They would have to pick up the option now. So yeah. they'll probably I don't know what they'll do, but it, it's a short term solution yeah. unless he works now, out. I don't know how that works. I, I believe when let's say Justin Fields gets traded to the, to Atlanta, Atlanta now has the now has the option to pick unless up his fifth he year trades option. him before. But Atlanta, if they're if let's say it's not done yet, yeah. Atlanta will tell them pick th- up the fifth year option, right. and then I think try. that happened with Sam Darnold with the Panthers. Yeah. I remember that that whole process of picking up the fifth year option and everything. They had declined um, it, correct? Yeah, they told it just to decline it. Mm-hmm. They declined it. Now I I think whatever move happens with Fields here, it's not happening for a while. I think you really? gotta, I think you got to wait for free agency to to hit its peak here with. You know, I think that maybe Atlanta probably has some plans to make a, a an offer to a Kirk Cousins, or you know, we'll see what happens with Russell Wilson. Interesting. There, there's some there's some other dominoes that could that could fall from team signing backup quarterbacks and or whatnot. So, but you don't think I, they'd want to pick in this draft? I think they would want to pick in this draft. I think. I think by the but the time oh, sorry, April no. comes, I, I'm saying between free agency and the draft, I think is when the trade will happen. Kind of okay. like what we saw Rodgers last year. I mean, it was okay. like a, a a week before the draft. Okay. Yeah. I had got that confused anyway. I was going to say yeah. you don't think they want to. Chicago would want to do it, so they have a pick in this draft. But the pick that they right. get from Atlanta right. is in right. this draft. Yeah. They yeah. will want that. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have that. They'll get that. Yeah. But all right, I actually want to ask you this. This is where I want to go. I forgot where I wanted to go. Now you know Merrill Hodge. I do know Merrill Hodge. And he was on ESPN. I liked him on ESPN. He was yeah. fine on ESPN. And he's famous for saying that, you know, Johnny Manziel is not a draftable quarterback. Right. And obviously he ended up being correct about that. Right. And now whenever Merrill Hodge makes a, you know, has a take on one of the quarterbacks coming out of the draft, his, it's magnified and people take his opinion and they they value it very highly. Right. Meanwhile, he's been wrong on so many other players, mm-hmm. but still we value his opinion. And he's had some opinions on quarterbacks in this draft. And, you know, he doesn't think uh, Caleb Williams is as special as people think. And he doesn't think Drake – he doesn't think Drake May is a first-round pick. 
What do you think of that? I think Merrill Hodge is now starting to get his recognition and it's happening at the right time because let him have his flowers now and it's all going to come crashing down after these opinions that he's throwing out there. I mean, Drake may not a first round pick. I, I think I, I'm so like I said, I'm going to do these quarterback uh draft profiles and break down their film and everything and post them on the hard line. I'm going to have one for each quarterback. And I'm already getting the feeling that Drake may is going to be like the love of my life. I think that he is going like from what I've seen on tape already, it's very impressive. Um, Caleb Williams, I mean, to, to, to be there and saying, Oh, he's not that special. Listen, you had your shot with Johnny Manziel. He got it right. And and I, I respect the guy. Right. And he's yeah probably knows more than I do, um, yeah. but um, Johnny Manziel was kind of one of those stories where, okay, first of all, you looked at him physically. He was an undersized quarterback. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of things that we already knew about off the field that weren't good. Yes. Um, and, you know, he had some predictable traits, and he ended up being the 22nd overall pick in the NFL draft, right? Nobody, Johnny Manziel's name was bigger than the talent. Caleb Williams is known. He hasn't won a national championship. He hasn't been on in any huge games against an Alabama where they want like nothing crazy. Johnny Manziel upset Alabama when they were the number one overall team in the country. Great game. Caleb Williams is known for just being an amazing quarterback. That's why he's so well known. So yeah, I think he's a little out of his mind right now. You know, what's funny and my boy who you don't like, and I do, Colin Cowherd actually brought this up. I said, I complimented Colin Cowherd. He's, I'm, he's growing on me. So he had mentioned this when he was going back at Hodge about it. Merrill Hodge, he had him on the show, and this is where I saw Merrill Hodge's take on, on May and Williams and whatnot. And he had mentioned that look at the players Caleb Williams has played with the last two years. The only guy that's, like, noticeable and, and good is Jordan Addison, who was on the team last right. season, you know, last season before the – obviously this one when he was drafted first in the first round. He's played with not great players. He's lifted that – Entire yeah. offense and their how many points a game are they scoring? I mean, they yeah. don't play defense, yeah. and he has yeah. to score. I mean, the guy's points. playing hero ball out yeah. there just about every time. So, anybody that says they don't like Caleb Williams, it's just like, are oh, you trying to be different? Yeah. Like, you're just trying to have that different opinion. Yeah. This is the number one overall pick. I this think, is the best player in the draft. Exactly, and and you know he he didn't have the year that everybody wanted him to have last year, but that's the team. I think was yeah. was 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 terrible. Was terrible terrible right? team. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't as as great as we thought it was going to be. So. You know, let's remember this is college. This isn't the NFL. Let's not just look into it. Uh, uh, the team performance does not matter to me when looking at a quarterback prospect. Right. I mean, you know, Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He played at Wyoming his whole career. So let's. There's there's plenty of quarterbacks who have gone out and been mold, like an AJ McCarron, who's a national champion and is now on the Birmingham Barons or wherever he is. Like let's 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 not care too much about how the team did and, and care more about the, the raw abilities and, and the, the characteristics and the intelligence and, right. and everything we look for in a quarterback prospect. So I'm under the impression that a lot of teams are going to try and trade up. Okay. Yeah. And I think to three specifically where new England's not in a position where, you know, they have so much to rebuild. If they're not in love with one of these quarterbacks, they're probably going to trade out. Yeah. Then they could trade out and mm-hmm. get a haul back and yep. continue. And, or I would say start the rebuild with, Gerard Mayo. I think a lot of teams are going to come calling. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of teams are going to offer the future to go up to three. And I think, I mean, I obviously I have a team on the top of my head. I don't know if you have a team that you think is going to try and trade everything. There's a couple I'm thinking of. Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is one of them. There's two main teams. Atlanta. I think Minnesota and the Giants. I think the Giants are doing everything they can to get into that top three. Because Dayball and Shane are not going to go down because they started Daniel Jones for another season. Right. At the Vikings, I mean, they're probably looking to move off of Kirk Cousins. Right. I think, or not look, you know, it just doesn't make right. financial sense at the moment. Right. They're going to look to get their quarterback in the future. Yeah. I think these teams are going to be willing to offer anything. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Um, the Vikings make a ton of sense. You're right. It doesn't make financial sense. They're talking about $50 million yeah. maybe for Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson is going to be looking for a lucrative extension soon. There's already rum, uh, rumblings about, oh, are they going to entertain a Justin Jefferson trade? Now, right. Minnesota's GM came out and said that that's not true. They haven't even entertained the thought of I it. I don't care about what he says. That's smart on his sake to publicly say that. Um, I think he would be. It would be a damn shame, and it would be stupid of them to trade Justin Jefferson. I think you keep him, and he'd be a luxury to have for any young quarterback who comes yep. to the building. If one's got to go, it's Kirk Cousins, right? 
Um, and crazy, I, and, though, right? That and, we're sitting here saying the quarterback's got to go. But that's just the way it works in the NFL when you talk about age. And if we're just talking logically and looking at the way this football team and the state that they're in right now. It does make it sense. It makes way more sense to let it go does of make Kirk sense. versus a Justin Jefferson. Kirk, what you would be doing is you'd be spending that money. You'd be up against the cap with a mediocre roster around him. And you'd just be wasting the last couple years of his prime that he's got left. He's also coming off an Achilles injury. Now, Kirk isn't a quarterback who exactly relies on his legs to make his money. But... At that age, we don't know what's going to happen, right? Coming off a big injury like right. that, um, they would. I mean, they're what are they? Where are they sitting in the in the in the teens right now? Like in the 14, middle, they have. yeah. So to make that jump to three, you're talking about next year's first and second. the next year's first. Think about what the what the Niners had to give up to get Trey Lance. They they the, jumped from eleven to three or something like that. Daniel Jeremiah. I, I don't know what kind of system he has or like what kind of program he uses. Right, with the points or Right, so whatever. he had said for the Giants, and again, it's a different, six to three from 14 to three. Yeah. Six to three would be um, obviously the swap of the firsts. The Giants have two second-round picks this year, so two second-round picks, and then next year's second-round yeah. pick. Yeah. So not really it's dealing with future firsts. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot. It's I a would lot. do it, by the way. Yeah. Um, but – yeah, that's the kind I th- of price. I you're think thinking. what's going to be really interesting about this draft class, where you know these don't come every year, where we have six quarterbacks that are have first round grades, or you know are projected probably to go in the five first round. That could probably go in the first. Yeah, I th- I I honestly think six might go. You think Penix think, is going to be taken I, I, in the I, first I, round? Oh yes, one hundred percent. I think really? Penix would be a first round pick. Um, now the thing that's interesting is. One team most likely is going to fall in love with at least. One of the like four quarterbacks or five are going to have teams that are in love with them, must snatch them up in the first round. Somebody's going to love a Jaden Daniels and they're going to take him at three. Somebody's going to love a JJ McCarthy. I really, I right now would be shocked if he is not a top 10 pick. He's going to be top 10. I think JJ McCarthy is locked in as a top 10 pick. 100%. I think a team is going to be in love with him, whether it's your New York Giants. Whether it's anybody else, somebody's going to love him, and somebody's going to make up a uh, make a move to come trade up. That's why I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Kirk, what, to see what happens with a Russell Wilson. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that's where Russell Wilson makes a lot of sense to yeah, go right does. now. If he doesn't go to Pittsburgh, are you really after the the that fan base getting pissed off with all the mediocreness and the the way the the quarterback position has just been dreadful since the the last three Big Ben years? Are you really going to trot out a Kenny Pickett or a Mason Rudolph next year? They're are you very, really going to do I mean, it? They're a very old-school, loyal franchise. Yep. You know, I mean, they, how many coaches have they had? I mean, that's a good thing. It's stability, but it's also could be an annoyance where you're trotting out a quarterback that yeah. just stinks. Yeah, you're 100% right. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, they do have the defense still. They have some weapons over there and some immature guys, too, where Russell could come in and be that leader and yeah. kind of settle everybody down and calm everybody down. And him and Tomlin, I think, would work great. I mean, him and Carroll worked for the most part for all those years. Yeah. And, and they had some success. I think Tomlin, a similar guy, defensive coach, that would make a lot of they, sense. They seem to me to be an organization that would be stubborn to trade up in the draft to go get a quarterback, though. To give up that future draft capital, especially the it. position they're in. The Steelers in the are not 20, In the early 20s to move up into the top 10. I think that yeah, they're not going to do it. They if they lose out on a Russell Wilson, I think then now you're talking a Jacoby Brissett possibility or maybe a Sam Howell, right? Like one of those commanders I mean, they quarterbacks. Should call Kirk. I mean, they should. Yeah, they should. they should do is call they Kirk. They should. Yeah, they should. That's that's what that would be a good. I, I, that's yeah. not been floated around. I don't know what their cab situations like, but that would be the move I would make. For and them. Las Vegas, man. If I'm Antonio Pierce, okay, cool. You got the job. I am kicking and screaming right now to say. I, I give give GM go out and get a a quarterback a free agency this this year go out and trade up and let's draft a quarterback because you're I'm gonna go out there with Aiden O'Connell next year as 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 a rookie Can't head have. coach no and you, you know you have guys like Max Crosby and and Devontae Adams who they're not gonna be here forever I mean. No, Russ makes sense there too, but Jam, we're in such a weird time in the AFC and listen, it didn't go as we thought last year, but I mean, look at the look at the conference. I mean, you're going to have Rodgers coming back from injury, Burrow coming back from injury. You have yeah. Herbert now paired with one of the in my opinion, six best coaches in the league and Jim Harbaugh now. The That's Ra- high praise. Holy the, crap. The Ravens are, you know, still going to be there. 
Yeah. You know, how, I mean, how many? Yeah, the teams... Browns are coming back. With Deshaun right. Watson's coming back now. You know, they they had a good season. The, made the Texans playoffs. are here. Yep. Richardson's going uh, yep. going to be healthy. So, in an AFC that's just so loaded, in other years, and if they were in the NFC, yeah, go get that veteran quarterback yeah. with your guys and go try and compete. Yeah. Not in this AFC because no matter who you get, unless you're getting one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league, which I don't think you are, right. you're going to have a tough time, right. especially in your division. Right. It's tough. Not easy. No. And Antonio Pierce is an idiot too. So, I mean, he's got to stop running. Yeah, his no, mouth. he's got the blueprint. He's got. Yeah, he's got the blueprint. He's got the blueprint. The blue. Yeah. Or two two defensive touchdowns. Okay, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Uh, Giants and Saquon. I, I think it's done. I think it's over. Yeah. I think it's finally yeah. done. I mean, it, it's a relationship that had, I mean, I feel like how many offseasons, ever, ever since we've started this show, basically every offseason we've been talking about the future of the Giants and Saquon, right? Um, done. You know, it's goodbye. Yeah, it's done. Okay. See, go. see, why do you say that? Go. Why do you say that? You know why, JM? Because he's been a great giant. Oh, he's he been said, a great giant. He said great nothing giant. bad about it. He's been a great face of your franchise. Great, great face of the franchise that has had the worst era of play in their organizational history. Is that history. his fault, though? Like, it's not his fault. He's the face don't of be, it. Don't he's be the face a, of it. Stop. He's the face he's of it. He's been the only guy that's been something to watch. Yeah, when but he's also been the leader. Sundays where you have to watch your, your, your Daniel Jones, who still gets every excuse in the book. The guy's been in the league for six years, and there's still <laughs> people, oh, no O-line. Oh, no receivers. Oh, well, he got hurt. Oh, uh, did you see how he played against the Commanders in that comeback four years ago? No. Enough. Saquon Barkley, he's had his injuries. When he's been on the field, the Giants have milked everything they could get out of the guy. He's been the only entertaining thing on that offense to watch over the six, seven years when he plays. that you're talking about that's been dreadful. When he plays. I don't want to hear it with them. I don't want to hear any, any bitching about him, all right? He's been a good you giant. Know since he's the... sold jerseys. He's made people come in the stands. He's he's a local guy. He was a Penn State guy. He's, he's Jet fan. He's okay. Who cares if he's a Jet fan? Dad's a Jet fan. No, okay. he, to me, Great. he's not a local guy. Great. Listen, you you're being, know, ri- you're being ridiculous. You know, from the second he was drafted, I was not happy. Yeah, that's their fault for going I, one more run with Eli. And yeah, was, that's their fault for picking him second overall in that quarterback class, which ended up not really working out. But, you know, if Sam Darnold or uh, I'm not going to say Josh Rosen, but if Josh Allen ended up in New York Giants uniform, Pat Shermer got a yeah. lot out of Daniel that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I do respect Saquon for what he did, and he's been a, a good giant, but. I've had enough of this era of Giants football, and if I could, aside from literally two players, Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas, I would get rid of absolutely everybody that's been on the team for the last four years yeah. and start over. Kayvon? Uh, keep Kayvon. Maybe if he goes on one more podcast, get rid of him. You know, man, again, <laughs> yeah, please. he's another one. Yeah. But replaceable. Replaceable. Solid player. Oh, yeah. I think Saquon, be- yes, replaceable. You're not talking about Kayvon I'm talking about Kayvon. You're talking about Kayvon Thibodeau is replaceable. Kayvon Thibodeau is replaceable. I mean, I like Kayvon. I think he's going to be a good player. I I I I think it's tough to call an above-average edge rusher replaceable. And I think think that's easier said than done. I also think the new defensive system without Wink Martindale, he's going to have a lot of chances to succeed more because his defense, Wink Martindale, is not made for defensive edge uh, edge rushers and pass rushers in general. Well, one shoe drops, then, you know, what's going to happen with Dexter Lawrence? Maybe Dexter Lawrence has a little less opportunity now and once the edge rush well, opportunities if, opens up. Listen, if, if Lawrence is still a dominant player, yeah. and he just, it's his like numbers Quinnen. aren't Quinnen, there. Yeah, Quinnen yeah. doesn't get a lot of sack numbers this year, but, yeah, but he was very impactful. Kayvon's, oh yeah, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm down okay. for that. I'm Get it, let, let everybody eat, man. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Mm. Anyway, all right, enough of the Giants. <laughs> I can't, I'm actually so turned off by this team, it hurts. Yeah. And it's not like the Mets are doing anything for me this yeah. year anyway. It's just like yeah. I'm lost. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, before we go, um, McCole Hardman, man, what oh, a, piece uh, yeah, a piece of crap. crap. He's a piece of crap. Jesus. So, you know, obviously we know he wanted out. He goes on a podcast a couple of nights ago. He's saying, oh, I, I had called uh, Veach and Mahomes. Like, Get me out. Free me, bro. Free me. They end up trading for him. They traded for him. Begging. Right? Crime. They traded for him. He was released. He was released. Or no, they traded for him like a sixth round okay. pick or there seventh round so pick. He was traded for, and it's a lot of drama. Morstead came out today with a great tweet. Yeah. Thomas Morstead, something about you know, oh, you know, don't. 
don't have disgruntled employee ex employees yeah. and this and that. He said, "Oh, Listen, Gibson uh, beat him honestly, for the job." No disrespect. Well, can I take the floor on this one, please? Please do. The balls on McCall Harmon to come out and do all this. First of all, he came out and he was like, "Man, I saw this and I was like, this is not what winning is like." Okay, well, first of all, you won. You've been to four AFC Championship games in a row. That's not because of you, okay? It's because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, okay? You were brought in as a special teams guy that they started giving some some jet sweep packages and, yeah, you got some nice catches. Ooh, you had a couple 500-yard receiving seasons. That's all you did, okay? Then you become a free agent. The team that loves you, that you begged to bring back, that you had all the success with, couldn't give you a one-year $4 million contract. $4 million over a one-year commitment they could not give him. So he goes to the Jets, right, gets beat out by an undrafted free agent wide receiver rookie in Xavier Gibson and has all these complaints about not being involved in the offense enough. And we had those questions. We were like, why is McCole Harmon not Where's being McCole? included enough? And sure, maybe Nathaniel Hackett isn't great at his job. Maybe that's on him. Maybe another offensive coordinator would have found a better role for you and you'd still be a Jet. I don't know. But to go back to Kansas City and whine and bitch to be a chief again, and then you have a, you have a, a nice play in the Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl, for the you, you catch the game-winning touchdown, wow, that's great. To be sitting on a podcast and just start talking shit and leaning back with your Super Bowl rings on your fingers like your prime Randy Moss or something is absolutely ridiculous. Like, Know your role, like like your teammate Travis Kelsey said, know your role and stay in your lane, you jabroni. Like, take notes, bro. You're nothing. You've been a special team your whole career. You've been a guy who comes in on four receiver sets and catches maybe two catches for 30 yards every week. Woo, whoopty freaking do. Congratulations. Here's your flowers. It's ridiculous. Like, uh, who is he to come on a podcast and just start ripping apart an organization and be like, man, I don't, I don't think they want to win over there. Yeah, you know so much about winning, McColl. You're a real savant. Thank you. Yeah, um, not not good for McColl. And then you got these rumors now that apparently he had given the game plan, the offensive game plan to the Eagles when the Jets played the Eagles. Oh yeah, this thank year. you. I forgot about that too. That's yeah. I mean, listen, the Jets won the game. And if that's we were, true, he should be suspended from football. Well, that's actually insane. he might have a problem getting a job. That's after like that. yeah, that's he might. That's insanity. a big deal. Insanity. That's a big deal. I mean, listen. Why are we sharing Nathaniel Hackett's game plan? They don't really need the help, and I mean, yeah, the I low mean, scoring really, game. Yeah. He didn't yeah. do much of the Eagles. The Eagles probably looked at it. They were like, "We don't need this shit, bro." We, <laughs> we, knew, yeah. we knew this was happening. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but you're 100 percent right. Like he he should get in trouble for that if that is true. If they can prove that, and a lot of players yeah. feel very strongly that he did do that. I mean, Jesus That's Christ! Insane. I mean, what, how, like, but also, JM. Then, and I understand. You know, you, you pay the guy whatever. I mean, it wasn't much, but you you paid him, and you know yeah. he was part of the salary cap right. here. But if he's causing issues here, like why not just cut him? I, it's an in, I, they to mend the relationship. I mean, it would be an impulse decision. I, I don't know. I mean, you 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 try to the Jets have a reputation of not being a very uh, competent organization, yeah. to put it lightly. <laughs> uh, so you know, probably that to 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 say. Okay, this guy had all this success in Kansas City. For him to come into our building and us release him immediately would be a bad look for us. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, if the guy's a spy and he's giving away your game plan to his former team, to the Chiefs, to the Eagles. Yeah. Problem. Well, at least it's not your problem anymore. And the Jets obviously have some work to do. Uh, they need to rebuild an entire offensive line. They need yeah. three starting offensive linemen, yeah. which... Uh, they need to rebuild an organization, you know, maybe uh, learn start, how to hire people. Or, start, with, start with the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, we'll start, go start, from that. Yeah, start, with the greedy. Yeah. start with the offensive line and yeah. uh, whatever else you need yeah. going into this season for mm-hmm. Aaron to try and make a run to the Super yeah. Bowl here. Um, but yeah, we're getting close to draft. Obviously, JM will have uh, some draft analysis and... Um, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this draft. I, I, I am hope, I am pumped. It's going to be a good draft. I hope my team trades up and gets quarterback. Yeah. I, enough enough. It, it's it's actually funny because I think over the years we've both realized like okay, our teams need a quarterback in this draft. They're most likely going to draft a quarterback. Your team, I think the Giants are not 100% set in stone to take a quarterback. It's very well, up in the right. air if they they need to trade up. Be, and and they 
if they don't draft a quarterback, it's not like it's like, oh, well, who the hell is our quarterback going to be this year? You have a quarterback on a four-year, $160 million deal, which, most likely, which you can get out of. You can get you out can of get it. You can get out of it. You can structure it in a way to get out of it after you next year. You can get out of it after next year. Um, but either way, if Jones is healthy, he'd probably be the starter anyway, depending but, on who you draft. But this could end up as a draft where neither of our, te- our teams take a quarterback or both of our teams take a quarterback. I think it's it's an outside chance, but the the the, the Jets are they're inter- they're one of the eight teams who are talking to Caleb Williams at the combine. It's it's not a impossibility for them to maybe take a Michael Penix to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for yeah. a couple of years. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think if Penix in the second round, I think oh they don't have the second round pick. They do sure. not have the second round pick, though. Tough. I went to Aaron. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm surprised we didn't get one for McCall Hardman. Such a he great player. Up. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was first round. I mean, all right. I think it's gonna do it. A lot, yeah. lots uh, got done today, and yeah. we ran long with everything. Of course, yeah. uh, look out obviously on our social medias all week and weekend long, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Yep. Peace.